and welcome. You have found yourself at the Monkey Magic Podcast, a light-hearted and affectionate look back at the classic TV series Monkey, produced by Nippon TV and adapted from the classic Chinese novel Journey to the West. This podcast will take a nostalgic look back at this morals-infused adventure and consider what lessons we could learn for the 21st century. My name is JP. In this week's episode... The once prosperous land of Codslow is ruled by three animal-strength immortals and its enslaved people are dying of hunger. The immortals depend on pearls, paper and wine for their magical powers. The pilgrims offer to help a young girl and her family to restore their land to its former glory when Pigsy almost becomes roast pork, Monkey hatches a plan to end the immortals' reign of terror. Welcome to the Monkey Magic Podcast with your host, Jake. Welcome to the Monkey Magic Podcast. This week's episode, episode 12, Pearls Before Swine. Just a reminder, as always, this review will be spoiler heavy. So if you have not listened to this or read this or even seen this episode, go off and watch it and then come back and join us. Well, with that being said, let's get into it. Yeah, so the interesting thing with this episode is like this uh, Codslow is, is considered to be paradise on earth. But that seems to be every few weeks that they're coming across such a place. Paradise on earth! The general natural resources and everyone eats. Birds sing all the year round and the weather's good. Sounds an excellent country. <laughs> the reality is when they do come into this uh, town, it's just full, it's full of dead bodies lying on the street. Paradise on Earth is effectively is horrible. They say it's so prosperous that even the beggars are wealthy. You're sure you want somewhere else? Godslow, I read the name of a city gate. If the beggars are wealthy, they and the rich are all dying for want of something that money cannot buy. And when Monkey reports this back to the, the others... Tripitaka just can't believe it. No, I've heard such great things about it. But I suppose that's that, that reflects sometimes when you when you go on a holiday to a place. You know, you've maybe read the the propaganda from the brochures and all that kind of stuff. But when you actually arrive, you think, oh, this is pretty crappy. So maybe this Codzo's got a bit of bit of that going on. I remember, like, I, I'd heard such great things about Ibiza. You know, in the Balearics. It was so cool, so happening. When I went there, I thought it was horrible. It was rubbish. Anyway, that's an aside. So anyway, so back to the story. We see an old man and his granddaughter. They are carrying a sapling. Pigsy, 
as always, rushes in to help because he sees the, the granddaughter, right? He's he's uh, he's one tr- one trick pony, one trick pig, as we've said before. But Sandy, as always, is cautious, saying, "Hang on, this guy could be a monster." So what are you doing? But the, the old man collapses from hunger, so they they take the two of them, bring them back to Tripitaka, and then he spills the beans on the plot, which is basically there has been these three immortals running the town for three years now, and they've neglected the place. So they came in with a, a promise that it was going to be brilliant and it's it's now in rack and ruin. And this message is just repeated over and over again all the way through. The overriding theme this week is that of politicians not keeping their promises. Like, clearly the three who rule here have came in on a manifesto, but it's not working out. Like, how can they be voted out? Probably a little bit of a stretch, but the thing that just came to my mind is like it was like Nigel Farage and the Brexit party. So they've maybe promised these great things, but... A couple of years down the track, they're thinking, well, are these immortals? Like, who, who's holding them to account? But there you go, it's not a democracy, I suppose. Anyway, the girl tells Pigsy about the paper mulberry tree. It's very special. This could be the last one alive. Our whole country lived on it. Its name is the paper mulberry. It's what they use to make paper. I see now. This produces fluorescent paper and is consequently very valuable. Now, this is a bit of a stretch, but the whole thing in this is a bit of a stretch, right? People, she says, used to travel everywhere to buy this fluorescent paper. So there was, you know, this is probably in the, you know, the the single market, if you like, for this kind of stuff. Now there's probably trade barriers. She mentions her father is due to be executed for organising a revolt against these immortals. So, like, he's he's a bit of an insurgent against the immortals, so clearly they didn't like him. Talking of them, so they arrived three years ago, killed the existing king, so that would be uh, the, the David Cameron type person, and then took over the control of Codslow. The whole economy of this town, it would seem, relied on this paper, but also wine and precious stones. That was a, that was a big sale commodity, right? This precious stones is, I mean, that's just good fortune that they've got that coming out of the ground. But wine, that, that's like an industry, right? So they've, they've clearly been doing all right now. But the, the immortals killed and tortured people for fun just because they enjoyed the suffering. So they really, they were, they were just there to kind of have a bit of a laugh, etc. Working on esoteric things. Pigsy hears all this and naturally, because he's wanting to try and crack onto the girls, going, I'll, I'll, I'll go and fight these immortals. Not knowing anything about their powers or anything like that, but he's just trying to impress. So, good on you, Pigs. That's what we expect from you. Pigs is the name of them. Don't be scared. Former Marshal of all the hosts of heaven. What are three animals strength immortals to an ex-marshal of the army of heaven? So, but he goes alone alone into the kingdom of these immortals 
And sure enough, picked up by by soldiers who ask for his papers. So a little hint of Nazi Germany there, right? No. Of course he doesn't have any papers, right? He doesn't have any pockets. For that matter. A fight ensues. One of the soldiers we hear reporting back to the immortals that they are under attack of a being of incomparable strength. That's Bigsy, right? No one compares to us, says the stag, who's one of the immortals. So he's probably a little bit self-absorbed. They then go out to see Pigsy, who's fighting the soldiers. So you've now got the immortals joining the battle. The sky's filled with clouds and bolts of lightning are coming out of their arms. Pigsy gets shot in the butt, right? I mean, he has to run away, crashing his bum, right? Not inspiring. Pigsy makes it back to the others. Sandy applies a healing patch to Pigsy's backside. They always make me do the bad jobs. Pigsy then starts to to, to tell about what's happened with the others. And, and there's two things that kind of caught my attention with this. Firstly, like Sandy, like he's helping, but he's, he's no helping in other ways because he's sort of saying, hang on, hey, Pigsy, you got shot in the backside. That means you were probably running away. So you're a sort of coward, which, by the way, we all know anyway, right? But that... That's not necessarily true, and and here you think of it back from the immortal's point of view, like there's a sort of standard practice you would expect in both the Western and Eastern worlds. You just don't shoot people in the back, right? That's maybe Avon in Blake Seven can do that, but no, that's that's not very good. So anyway, there's a bit of a discussion ensues with the. The pilgrim is saying, how can we attack these immortals? Monkeys come up with an idea of using a big metal table to help against them. So I'm presuming it's going to be something to deflect these lightning bolts back on them. The immortals themselves, we see them in their little lair. We are all three immortals and there's generations of horror for them yet. Now... There's three spirits. There's the stag one, who we've already met. There's also a ram and there's a tiger. So they're all mammals, right? But i tell you what they are doing is the stag is eating pearls. So that's, remember, there's three things that this country produces. Gemstones, the magical paper and wine. The stag is, is eating pearls, right? That doesn't really happen in real life, does it? The ram spirit is eating the paper. Well, that's probably slightly more imaginable because they put the anything, right? But the tiger spirit, he's got the best. He's he's getting torn into the wine. So it kind of gets me thinking that maybe there's a wee bit of an allegory here about alcoholism. These immortals, they've came in on this modernising agenda but actually they've got quite indolent and especially this tiger one he's just getting tanked up drinking wine ah who cares let the country go rack and ruin just pour us another wine you know I don't know I suppose there must be a, a certain pressure 
when you're in a, a leadership position that you maybe need a bit of a release, but it kind of gets the impression that, that that's all they're, they're really wanting to do. Monkey arrives at their lair in his disguise as a wasp. So he stings some, some people and is able to get in. However, they, they spot him. What is really clear, however, is their power is, is limited. They don't have unlimited power. So they get tired. Monkey's got this table, so it's been able to reflect the lightning bolts that are shooting at him. And they're, they're out of juice, frankly. So that means the pilgrims can escape. The pilgrims and the prisoners then can return to Tripitaka. Unfortunately, the grandfather is shot in the back again by a lone soldier and his dying wishes look after the paper mulberry tree and interestingly doesn't he say anything about by the way make sure that my granddaughter's alright he's only caring about this damn tree there's probably a message in there about consumerism over family that's, that's probably what that means the, the others suggest well thanks thanks for all your help Tripitaka but like the scriptures are more important than our little business maybe you should carry on but goody two shoes tripitaka's like no 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 we'll stay and help you so pigsy thinking he's doing a good thing he goes and digs up this tree like that is probably the one of the worst ideas he's had to this date but that's what's happening Tripitaka conducts a funeral for the grandfather. So he, he does a good job at that. Then Pigsy arrives with the, tr- with the tree and tells him, take Tao Li. So the, it would seem this mulberry tree that produces this magic paper, it actually, it's no, it's no portable, right? It, it will only grow in this land of God's law. This plant has always died when anyone transplanted it. It grows here and nowhere else, Lord Pixie. You see? So it's not as if you can take it to the next kingdom up the road and then, like, it's a bit like, like Scotch whiskey. You know, it's, it really only has to come from that specific area for it to be called that. Or champagne is a wee bit like the same. That's what they're doing here with this wine. But, um, so this paper mulberry tree, it, Pigsy digging it up and saying, well, let's go somewhere else. It's not really going to work. And he's trying to hit on, I mean, the reason he's doing it is, surprise, surprise, he's trying to hit on this, this uh, Tao Li. So this is the grandfather's granddaughter. Uh, and he's going, come on, come on, you can come with me. But she says, no, she, it won't grow anywhere else. Give, give me it back and all that. And a classic, a classic retort from Pigsy, which I really liked saying, I've had some weird reasons for women turning me down, but I've never lost out before to a rotten mulberry plant. So there's there's probably a message in here about knockbacks, you know? Like, you know, you, you just kind of just dig up this tree and assume that she's following you. Nah, the tree needs to be there. Trepitaka has watched all this with you know, disgust, but basically says, hey, we're going to stay and help you, which is good news. But they are convinced to move on. And they so they indeed, they, they start walking on back on their journey. 
but they're a wee bit have we done the right thing leaving because they've sort of left the job half done you know monkey's thinking oh maybe we should have helped him pigsy is he's up for it right because he wants to see this Tao Lee again even though she's given him a knockback he's got a bit of a one-itis thing going on and you see that in several of these episodes where he's just gone I don't really care how bad she's treating me but I'm sort of still for her and anyway they do come back and and that is is really the thing it's like if you're going to defeat these immortals the key thing is to deprive them of their power and this is the, the classic bit of the episode where it says their power is all derived from special food that is kept in storerooms. I think what that is meant to symbolise is no really food. It's the power of the media and particularly social media. Now this is in on a sheer cliffside, so it's hard to get to. We need to send a party to go and try and get that. So one of the villagers knows how to get there. So Monkey goes off on his own, but Sandy and Pigsy go, right, we're going to try and get into this food chamber. Tripitaka is captured, as per always every episode. Priests are my favourite! Imagine pickle priests stuffed with pearls, rubies even better! Choke the girl with emeralds! And he tries to reason with the immortals. Now, as you know, Reasoning with a ram, tiger, and uh, what was the other one? Stag. Probably not really going to garner good results. I suspect they would probably just be rubbishing any expert views on economics and things like that. It would just be just waved away. Just waved away. So, uh, no surprise that is exactly the situation where Monkey, however... Is disguised as Tao Li, he comes in with the food. They've maybe got a kind of spider sense or something like that because they 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 know him. they've immediately spotted it's Monkey, and he's captured too. So so now we have the immortals with Monkey, Tripitaka, and Tao Li all bound. It's not looking good for them, right? However, Monkey is still the king of disguises. So he sneezes and creates an illusion. Three copies of himself. A fight ensues. Now Monkey changes himself to disguise of the Ram Spirit. So now the immortals don't know who's who. Very clever. Meanwhile, the cardinal sin of this episode. Sandy and Pigsy have broken into the storeroom and they are smashing jugs of wine and tipping it out. What an utter waste. Can you not just move it somewhere that the immortals can't find it? Think of all the hard work that has went into making that wine. And it's just getting smashed. Sort of like the immortals yesterday. When they were just getting smashed. I'm ruined. All my wine gone. Oh, the jewels. You're just smashing it. And then if you're not cleaning up, we... we soap and water. Imagine all the bugs you're going to be getting there. Pigsy, though, he's like... You'd think he would be drinking it. Eventually, they all meet up. All the prisoners have been been freed. 
and the immortals discover their storeroom, the store of their power has been invaded. And a final battle commences where Monkey reveals himself as himself. He fights both the tiger and stag spirits. And eventually, including the ram spirit, the immortals are defeated. He's going to kill them. But Tripitaka, goody two-shoes as normal, intervenes, says just in time, no, just remove them of their powers and they'll be left alive. I'd kill you twice over, speaking personally, says Monkey, which he kind of goes against the Buddhism a wee bit uh, on occasions. But the, there is, uh, I think there is a wee bit of sort of hypocrisy with with Tripitaka on this stuff. Like, these guys have, of course, enormous heartache. Like, where, where's their comeuppance? Oh, just, not just kick them out. What, so they can come back as the Reform Party or something? I don't know. Anyway, the, the end of the episode is everyone is happy now. Paper mulberry tree, even though it's been dug up, will be back in and it'll be alright. Tao Li announces she's getting married. Oh, God, there's a right kick. Pigsy, he's like, oh, damn. But he presents her with a string of pearls, which he's just pilfered from the store. There you go. Hope you're very happy in your marriage. Uh, and indeed, later on, Tripitaka says, well, where, where did you get those? Where'd you, uh, well, you nicked them. Right. The necklace. The one you gave away. Tell me the truth, Pigsy. You stole it, didn't you? Okay, so his punishment is he just has to walk behind them on the pilgrimage. So much of a punishment. And and that's everything's back to normal. The, the land can prosper again. The narrator says, Sometimes to make the stupid grow, discipline is essential. The wrong in stealing something so useless as jewels is less that they belong to someone else and more that you offend against yourself by coveting them at all. This episode debuted in the UK on the 22nd of February 1980, Japan the 17th of December 1978, and Australia on the 21st of May 1981. Sometimes to make the stupid grow, discipline is essential. Join us next week for episode 13, The Minx and the Slug. Listening to the Monkey Magic Podcast, an affectionate look back at the iconic Japanese TV series Monkey. Monkey is available on Blu-ray and DVD from Fabulous Films and will be coming to a streaming service to you soon. Meantime, please like, share and if you have any comments, we'd love to hear from you at 
monkeymagicpodcast at gmail.com. So we had communication this week from uh, Craig73, who says, Enjoying the podcast, your cadence reminds me of Andrew Neil in This Week. Uh, for those of you that don't know what that means is, there used to be a TV show on BBC, Andrew Neil presented a, a political take with his two co-presenters, Michael Portillo and Diane Abbott. So, he is Scottish, but I suppose if I was really going to do that, Craig, it would be... So, turning to you, monkey, I put it to you. This journey is going to take years. Do you have the stomach for it? And you, Trippy Taka, do you think there could be a deal between the Buddha and Jade Emperor? When is the Jade Emperor going to make his move? Yes. Keep the comments coming. My name's JP. Thanks for listening.